my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. We are living in some swirling times right now, especially here in America and, of course, around the world. The COVID-19 virus situation is still impacting to this day. And for those of you listening where it has really hurt your business, you've been laid off. I personally have some friends that have been laid off from their jobs. It can be really hard. And with businesses that have been closed down for a while, I have friends that are restaurant owners, and we know it can be very difficult. Some people are having to resort to mortgage forbearance, where you are able to put off some of your your payments, which I, now don't quote me on this, goes maybe to the end of your mortgage when you go to sell it, so you're not impacted in a great way right now. There's programs out there that can help, but that's still going on, and that's why this podcast is so relevant today with women starting over. I had this idea last year, like the end of last year, I think God kind of prompted me to do this because I know he loves us. (laughs) He created us. And it's on his heart as it is on mine to help women that are struggling financially and what they can do and listening to this podcast to help them get to a better place financially when it comes to money, earning money, your money thermostat, which I'm going to keep repeating because everyone has one. What is your money thermostat set at as far as earning potential, earning money? Is there guilt involved? What's your relationship to money? And when we go through hard times like this virus situation, that can really amplify what's going on in our mind and our heart. And then here in America, we have a very tragic situation with a man, George Floyd, that was tragically murdered. It was a horrific event that has really touched all of our hearts and minds. It's very grievous. And I know I, for one, love my African-American friends, and we've been talking about this how they feel, how hurtful it is. I know a. I go to a church where we are multi-ethnic. We are diverse. We have African-Americans. We have African-Africans, people from Africa. We have people from Jordan, India, all over, Mexico, you name it, all over. And that's important to me, especially when it comes to church, right? <laughs> that's We need to live in love and harmony and peace. That's what we were created for. My first interview on this podcast was with a lovely African-American woman, Stella Payton. 
If you haven't heard episode two, listen to your story, especially if you're feeling discouraged about racism in in America and uh, listen to what she's done to be able to take care of herself and get out of being broke as a as a single mother. I am going to continue to talk about what we learned in episode 13 with Trish Balmos, who went from working for other companies to using her time, gifts, and talents to become a consultant and open her own company called Vine Consulting. First, I'm going to read from the Webster Dictionary just what is a consultant. So we're all (laughs) on the same page, literally, in the Webster Dictionary. You can hear me opening my dictionary here, but it's always good to uh, explain things so we, we are not thinking about different things as we're sharing here. Consult, number one, ask the advice of, refer to. Number two, consider, have regard for, confer, which is a consultant. Consultation, active consulting, conference, advisory. Then I thought I'm going to read the root word of consulting, which is consul. Now, there's a couple meanings here. One, a diplomatic officer or agent of a government in a foreign country. That's not really what we're referring to here. Two, a chief magistrate, consular, consulate. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's kind of makes sense. You're a, you're a chief magistrate of your area <laughs> of expertise. How's that for being imaginative? But we need our imaginations these days. The episodes with women that I interviewed that have their own consulting companies is 5, 9, 11, and 13, if you want to go back and listen to those from the consulting perspective. There's other women that have different kinds of businesses. The kinds of businesses you can have are selling a product, or you sell a service, you sell information, like knowledge, expertise. Those are kind of the three areas of of money-making that I'm mostly talking about in this podcast. (laughs) I am going to share some very interesting and inspiring things from a report that the American Express did back in September 2019. I want to read from this report so that you know you can do what these women are doing. It's very, it's actually so exciting because the number of women starting part-time businesses often referred to as sidepreneurs, we're going to learn a new word today, sidepreneurs, is growing nearly twice as fast as the overall growth of women entrepreneurs over the past five years. So this is the ninth annual State of Women-Owned Business report finds firms owned by women of color grew at more than double the rate of all women-owned businesses. Women-owned businesses continue to fuel the economy now, represent 42% of all businesses, nearly 13 million, and employing 9.4 million workers 
generating a revenue of $1.9 trillion a year. Yay for us! And this report says these U.S. women with diverse ethnic and geographical backgrounds started an average of 1,817 new businesses per day in the U.S. between 2018 and 2019. 1,817. You can be the 1,818 one today starting your business and... You can do that. Even if you have a job, you can become a sidepreneur where you can begin consulting with expertise that you have maybe just one client, one customer. You don't have to completely quit the job that you have to become a full-time consultant. Now, some women can do that. I've been able to do that and others that I've interviewed, but don't just go crazy, right? Doing things in small steps works. I'm going to continue to read this report. So it's based on the U.S. Consensus Bureau data, and it's just adjusted by the gross domestic product data. So this found that women-owned businesses continue to trend above all businesses Listen to this. Over the past five years, the number of women-owned businesses increased 21%, while all businesses increased by only 9%. Total employment by women-owned businesses rose 8%, while for all businesses, in the, the increase was far lower at 1.8%. Total revenue for women-owned businesses also rose slightly above all businesses. compared to 20% respectively. So as you can see, the face of entrepreneurship is evolving to include all women. And I love that regardless of demographics. Even more impressive is that women are starting businesses on their own terms, whether it be their full-time focus or part-time activity. This is a quote by Courtney Kelso, Senior Vice President of American Express. She goes on to say, the economic impact of women-owned businesses is undeniable from the trillions they contribute via revenue to the millions of jobs they provide. And this company says they're committed to backing these women entrepreneurs because when they win, we all win, which is true. Let's talk about the side hustle or side entrepreneur, sidepreneur. (laughs) As work trends shift towards side hustles, and the gig economy, some of them call it, I have a side gig. So does female entrepreneurship. The report examines how part-time entrepreneurship, often referred to as sidepreneurship, is providing additional options to traditional employment and entrepreneurship for women. And I'm going to add this, which probably helps you stay home with your kids more, your family. And I think one reason this is happening is we now have the internet, which is giving us a lot more opportunity. Over the past five years, growth in the number of sidepreneurs has grown at a rate that is nearly twice as fast as the overall growth in female entrepreneurship, 39% compared to 21% respectively. Minority women are responsible for a large part of that growth from 2014 to 2019 where we see sidepreneurship among minority women-owned businesses two times higher than all businesses, 
65% to 32% respectively. There is hope, friends. The demographics don't matter. There is a lot of hope. Let's look at the specific minority groups over the past five years. So the growth in entrepreneurship is up. 99% among African-American women, yay. 70% among Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander women, cool. 63% for Asian-American women, that's fabulous. 46% for Latina Hispanic women, yes. 36% among Native American Alaska Native business women. That's really good news. So women of color are starting businesses at a remarkable 4.5 times the rate of all businesses. Did you hear that? 4.5 times the rate of all businesses. In almost every category, women of color are leading the world, the women-owned business charge. Women of color represent 39% of the total female population in the U.S., but account for 89% of the net new women-owned businesses per day, 1,625 per day over the past year. While the number of women-owned businesses grew 21% from 2014 to 2019, firms owned by women of color grew an astounding 43%, and African-American women-owned businesses grew even faster at 50%. (laughs) That is just... That's really exciting, and it's really incredible, and I'm so glad that they've done this report. And it goes on to say 6.4 million women of color-owned businesses, women of color-owned businesses, employ nearly 2.4 million people and generate $422.5 billion in revenue. (laughs) Oh, it's really fabulous. So here's some industry trends with what women are doing. Over half of all women-owned businesses are concentrated in three industries. Other services like hair and nail salons, pet care businesses account for 22%. There's 2.8 million firms doing this. Healthcare and social assistance including child daycare and home health care services, account for 15% of the women-owned businesses, which comes to 1.9 million firms. Professional, scientific, technical services, including lawyers, bookkeepers, architects, public relations firms, and consultants, (laughs) accounted for 13% of all women-owned businesses. 1.6 million firms. You can be part of the statistics in a good way. (laughs) I hear that about statistics. Okay. Now here's something interesting. While these industries I just read have the most women-owned businesses, they don't produce the most revenue. The three industries in which women-owned businesses have the highest total revenue are, get this, wholesale trade, retail trade, and professional scientific and technical services. I know in an industry that I've been working in for the last, well, a long time, (laughs) which is real estate. I've been an investor. Right now I'm a broker. I own my own company, Nora Ellen Real Estate. In real estate, most of us are, are women as far as agents go. 
in residential. I think it's because people think that we women may understand more about the kind of home that they want to buy. We women often consider our home our castle. (laughs) So in commercial, it is still very much mostly male dominated. There are more and more women entering the commercial. And well, they should, because I just read all these statistics of women-owned businesses and what do they need to operate their business out of? Buildings. Buildings, friends. (laughs) Okay. So we know that women-owned businesses are successful across the country with this wonderful report, which analyzes geographic trends for all the 50 states as well as the 50 most populous metropolitan areas in the United States. Now I want to talk to you about things to consider before you become a consultant. Now we read about out of Webster's Dictionary, what is a consultant? (laughs) It's basically an expert in a certain area that businesses need. It could be human services. I know someone who's hired to help with hiring <laughs> people for their business. We heard from Trish Balmos last week, the last episode that I think was released on Friday, where she helps businesses' sales teams excel. So that's her area of expertise with marketing. And with going into becoming a consultant, I want you to be sure you do your due diligence with what you need to know before beginning. It's, it's simple, yet you need to be very thorough. Sometimes there is a certification or a special license that you might need for the consulting that you're going to do. It just kind of depends on your profession. You have to look into that. If you need a special certification or license before you begin operating, for example, if you do like fundraising consultants, they don't need a special certification, although you can become certified through the National Society of Fundraising Executives. So that kind of gives you an upper edge. And we're not talking about going back to college here, an exorbitant amount of money. In my state, if you want to be a consultant of selling houses, which is what a real estate agent is, you're a consultant with helping people buy or sell their homes. You go to 90 hours of school, costing you about $350 to $400, 90 hours, (laughs) two weeks, and voila, you can now sell houses. You can now sell the most expensive commodity there is. I think it should be a little more (laughs) involved than that. That's just my opinion because I do know that there are people that have real estate licenses that are inexperienced and they cause their clients to lose thousands and thousands of dollars because of their inexperience. Are you qualified to become a consultant? So before you just hang out your shingle and hope that clients are going to begin beating down your door to hire you, make sure you have the qualifications necessary to get the job done that you're saying you can do. 
Like if you want to be a computer consultant, make sure you're up to date in the knowledge department with all the trends and changes in the computer industry, which is so fast. That's just an example. When taking what you're doing now or what you know and your expertise. One thing to be a consultant, you have to be very organized. Like, do you like to plan your day? Are you an expert when it comes to time management? Hopefully, you have answered yes to those three questions. Being organized, being able to plan your day, being an expert. The reason I say that is because... Like for my life, I I don't have a timestamp clock I have to work with where I have to be somewhere at a certain time, do the stamp thing in and out. There's times I have to use self-discipline to get to work. And that's where it comes to time management and planning your day, blocking time. We've heard of the term time blocking, which is very helpful. Plan your next day with blocking time for calling people that you're hoping you can serve with your new consulting business. Also, do you like to network? Because networking is so critical to the success of any type of consultant today. I've talked about networking in a couple of my episodes. You can still do it on the phone, Now, especially if you're in a place where you're still prohibited from being close to people physically. I know they label it social distancing, but I like physical distancing better because social distancing to me sounds more like, hey, if you're at a party, you know, socializing, (laughs) stay six feet apart. Where physical distancing, that just, I don't know, I (laughs) I could just handle that better. That wasn't my idea. I heard somebody else say they prefer the term physical distancing. Okay, forget that bunny trail. Okay, (laughs) do you have short-term and long-term goals? And do they allow you to become a consultant? If your goals do not match up with the time and energy it's going to take to open a successful uh, consulting company to build one because it takes building, then maybe reconsider before making a move in this direction. Take some more time to process through this. I had uh, someone I was consulting with the other day about something they wanted to do. Then they were convinced they needed all this education about it. And I was telling them, well, do your due diligence. See if maybe instead of going back to college, maybe there is some kind of a certificate maybe you can get. Uh, Check with those doing what you want to do. See how they got there. Because I just didn't think she needed to go back and get this big education. She already had the experience. Even if it was just volunteering, it's experience. It's important to take all these things into consideration. And there's a lot of great information on the internet whether you will need to set up an entity, as we talked in the last episode with Trish. She is doing her consulting business through a limited liability company. We call those LLCs. I know somebody else that does consulting. They don't have an entity. They 
write up proposals and they send it to prospective clients who hire them and pay them. We call that a 1099, which in, in other words, that company, when it comes to the end of the year, will send you a 1099 form. It's a IRS form, a tax form showing what they paid you. And that's what you use in paying your taxes. So they'll have a consultant could have many 1099s from different companies showing what that company paid them for their services. Some consultants are regulars with a company. Some consultants have a project that's going to last a day, a week, a year. There's so much variety out there. The main thing is to do is take inventory of your experience, your expertise. What do you have a passion for? What do you love to do? Just don't go and try to be a consultant for something maybe you love to do, but you're not ready with the level of expertise someone has that you want to have hire you. Because if you kind of start out really weak, that can follow you further than you might think because word can get around. Take your time in beginning this consultation company. Dream a little bit about it, though. Like, well, what do you want the name of your company to be? It used to be in the olden days when we had phone books. <laughs> it would be AAA Elastic Company. <laughs> so they would be first in the phone book. <laughs> now you don't have to worry about that. My company, Nora Ellen Real Estate. Pretty simple. Trish Bamos, Vine Consulting Company. I didn't get a chance to ask her about her name, but coming up with a company name can help you get your dream started. And then again, consider, do you need to begin as a sidepreneur or a side gig? Which I really do recommend that, especially if you're still working and make sure you have income coming in when you have these changes that you're looking to make. That is my episode for today. And I'm really excited to say I'm almost at a thousand downloads. So thank you for giving me the honor of being a listener. <laughs> so, and that's without advertising or marketing, really. I... I have hardly had time to post this at all. I, I have started some social media pages and am hoping to post more soon. This is something I do as a hobby because I do love and care for you all. I have an assignment before you go, though, is to get with someone that is doing the consulting that you want to do or someone that is a consultant. If you don't know anyone somebody you know does know get with them go to coffee go to tea have them over for lunch take them to lunch even talk on the phone or you can even do a zoom meeting i think google even now has on uh, online meetings i don't know what you call that but like zoom face-to-face -face online meetings which is really nice since some people still are having to do the physical distancing. <laughs> so, and talking to somebody about it who's a successful consultant. It can be a male or a female. 
it's nice to talk to a female because sometimes we have more in common, but main thing is talk to somebody, at least one person. And also there's probably books at your library that you can get. There's a plethora of information about being your own consultant, starting a consulting company. Thank you for tuning in and I'm excited to find out about your assignments. Bye for now. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.